Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development and server problems. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. I do not like the sound of that, Marco. <laughs> server problems, that is not the way, that is not a, that is not a topic that I enjoy talking about. So, but hopefully we can, we can work through this and you can, you can unload some of your frustration because I, I'm, I'm all too, too aware of that pain. See, right now, things seem pretty stable on my servers, but that was that was not the case during parts of the last week or two. Um, the thing is, like, running servers, it, it's this big, scary thing to a lot of developers who have never done it before. And they, you know, a lot a lot of apps could be made way better with a server component, even, even a fairly light server component, uh, one that, that doesn't take a lot of servers or a lot of maintenance. So many apps can benefit from that. Um, so many types of features or you know other implementation details almost require a server um, and if you don't have your own server then you have to go to external services for certain things like sending push notifications to people or you know processing subscription payments or whatever else and so if you can do a lot of those things yourself on servers you can simplify things with you know billing and privacy you can usually save money um, because like doing things like push notifications yourself costs like nothing um, but paying a service usually costs something um, and so there's a lot of advantages to running your own servers if you're an app developer but what many people say is oh i don't want to deal with it or i don't know how to do it and i'm scared of you know downtime or upgrades or you know security issues or whatever else and most of the time i'm able to look at those people and say hey you know what it's pretty easy. <laughs> it's not a big deal. It's not as hard as you think. Uh, it's don't worry about it. You can do it. You know, and 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 usually, I and we uh, encourage developers. If your app could benefit from a server component, just try to do it. Try to set it up yourself. You know, set it up on frequent sponsor Linode. That's what we do, and it's it's usually fine. And there's good documentation. There's good you know help from search engines out there on the web and Stack Overflow and you know the hosts like Linode and DigitalOcean that they all have their own documentation also to help people run Linux servers. So usually it's pretty easy, but that usually is not always. Yeah, <laughs> and. This this is when <sighs> I'm good at running servers. Like for the most part, this is this is a qualification I have from past jobs that now running overcast servers I it, it's it's a smaller scale than what I have operated in the past and so it's kind of easy for me most of the time. But again, most of the time. <laughs> and the vast majority of days i don't have to think about my servers at all they run themselves i have a lot of things monitored and scripted and set up in such a way that they they mostly run themselves and a few times a year i have to go intervene and or or there's some upgrade that i want to do that i have to do manually uh, or you know, something's just getting really, really old and it's starting to become irresponsible to run software that old because it's no longer maintained to the level I want it to be maintained. And so, like, certain times you kind of have to, like, go update stuff for some reason. Or, like, you know, maybe maybe your, maybe your database needs more disk space. So you have to upgrade it to the next size up thing. And maybe there, like, in many cases, there is downtime associated with whenever you migrate a server to a bigger server. And if so, and so you have choices like, well, I can upgrade the server in place, but it might be down for an hour, and then my whole service is down for an hour, 
or I can do a more complicated kind of switchover thing that minimizes or eliminates downtime for my customers. And so there's all sorts of things like that, that, you know, running servers entails decisions like this, having to deal with problems like this very occasionally. Um, and for the most part, I'm pretty good at not having major server problems most of the time. However, this past week, that was different. <laughs> because I, I've been, over the last few weeks, I've been doing a kind of rolling server upgrade Um I discovered a problem I wanted to fix that was related to, like, I was using an old version of PHP, and, and there were a couple other, like, old things. I'm like, you know, this would be better if I was using the newer things. And I had already done some servers on, like, a newer distro and stuff, and it was weird having a mixed environment, because I can't I came across, like, weird bugs that would depend on, like, which server had processed something, because they would process things slightly differently, because they, oh, no. they, they had different versions of things. That's awful. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. Let me let me consolidate. Let me upgrade everything. I'll replace all of my old servers with new servers. I'll do it all live and with you know graceful failovers, so most people shouldn't notice. And I did, and it went great. I did almost everything totally flawlessly, and it was a great upgrade until it came time to move one of my databases. Now I run MySQL. Uh, MySQL does, uh, it, it lacks in certain tooling areas that all, all the Postgres people always tell me all about. Um, but for the most part, it's pretty solid. And I, I, I don't, I know MySQL very well. I don't know any of its alternatives at all. I, and MySQL has been so reliable for me over the years that I, I stick with it because again, it's, it's what I know. The tooling out there is, is pretty good for it. Uh, it's well understood. I know exactly what it can handle and what it can't. Um, and so that's what I usually use. It came time to move the MySQL server. And there was a deadline on this because there is one thing about Linode that occasionally gives me a snag. And I'm saying that, you know, I'm being honest because they're a sponsor and you know I, I wouldn't, uh, they're not sponsoring this episode. Um, but you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't candy coat it just because they're a sponsor. Um, the only thing about Linode that ever creates work for me that is not my fault is if you run a server there for a very long time, at some point they might say, we need to move your virtual server to a different physical host because the one it's on is too old. Yep. And, we, and we're like retiring this old fleet or whatever. And, and my database servers are the ones I keep the longest because it's the biggest pain in the butt to move them. Um, so they finally, it came time that starting i believe tonight or tomorrow night uh they had a scheduled forced migration that my database server was going to be migrated at this time whether i wanted it to be or not because it had been so long and they had to retire its old hardware to move my database server it's so big and the time it takes to move to a new server depends on disk size it's so large that it would it was going to take like multiple hours of downtime to move it and i'm like i don't really want overcast to be forced down by multiple hours so my solution when this problem comes up is always okay now is the time to migrate to a new server and because they give you like two weeks notice usually so you you have a while um and and, it's probably fair to say you can also schedule it yourself in terms of they give you a deadline but you can activate it whenever you at at any point between now and when you're at the end of your window is so if there is a convenient time to do it you always could and say like Okay, yeah. I'm going to do this at 2 a.m., be down for half an hour if you had a small amount of disk size or whatever it is. Like, you can choose that, but in your case, that doesn't really work. Right. And for almost all of my servers, 
they could take them down for a few hours whenever they want because most of my servers have some kind of redundancy. And so, like, I have I have load balancers up front. Obviously, that's kind of a, a single point of failure. But um, the load balancer spread the load between – right now I have eight different web servers. And so, you know, that's if, – if one of the web servers goes down forcibly for some reason – Nobody would even notice. I would know because our sponsor, Pingdom, would tell me about it, but uh, nobody else would notice uh, because it would just spread the requests among the other ones, and you know maybe one request might drop, and that's it. Sure. Uh, but you know, and databases, I use MySQL replication, and so I have one. Each database cluster has one primary and one to two, or right now one to three replicas that just replicate whatever the primary does, uh, and then. You know, they and the replicas can serve read queries that don't need to necessarily be guaranteed to be up to date. Uh, so, you know, lots of lots of like kind of large bulk tasks, like if you're like counting number of subscribers to a podcast periodically, like that is that if it's off by one, it doesn't matter. Right. So you can you can do stuff like read those off the replicas and save a lot of that load off the primary. If a replica goes down, doesn't matter. It doesn't it like doesn't like the, the app will automatically connect to other replicas or the primary if it needs to. Um, and so if a replica goes down, no big deal. So there's only a few servers in my setup where if they go down, I need to care. And primary databases are right up there. <laughs> they are that they are the most important ones besides maybe the entry load balancers. Um, so I had to do something. I had to do a migration. And as part of this, I thought, well, let me let me upgrade to the latest version of everything because I, I do these upgrades so infrequently that I do use a semi-conservative Linux distro. I use uh, Ubuntu LTS for long-term support. Uh, LTS releases, I believe, are guaranteed to have 10 years of software upgrades after them. And I was using LTS 18 on my most recent ones, uh, which came out in 2018. Uh, LTS 20, which came out in 2020, uh, is now available. So I thought, well, let me set up all the new servers with that. If you set that up, you get MySQL 8, which is brand new. Well, not brand new, but newish <laughs> for MySQL. New, it's new. Yeah, right. Yeah, new to me for sure. Um, for, yeah, I, I upgrade databases so infrequently that even like, you know, a, a one or two year old release to me is new. Um, and I thought, great, I'm on my way. This will be great. I've never had a problem with a MySQL um, version upgrade before. Like it's never been worse than the previous version or broken in, in any way I noticed. The old database server could handle this load it was it was a high load like it would it would be under like you know load average 16 you know serving like 12,000 requests a second like it, it, it was a it was a heavy load for a database but yeah it the old server handled it and the new server should theoretically be faster because it was it had slightly higher specs because that's a good time to upgrade those as well slightly higher specs and uh and it was on linode's newer infrastructure and it had all these newer like you know lts 20 is supposed to be faster than lts 18 because of linux kernel changes and all this other stuff so it's supposed to be faster this my friends is when our sponsor pingdom <laughs> comes isn't, isn't this good timing our sponsor time. pingdom <laughs> comes into play uh because pingdom alerted me at like 6 30 in the morning that that morning something's wrong <laughs> Things things are down. Your day just got a lot worse. Yeah, so we're brought to you this week by Pingdom. Do you have a website? Does it have things like a shopping cart or registration forms or contact pages? You need Pingdom. Nobody wants their website or its critical transactions to fail. That means a bad experience for users could mean lost business. The good news is you can set up not only regular monitoring with Pingdom to say, is this page up? Tell me. You can also set up transaction monitoring 
This will alert you when things like cart checkout or forms or login pages fail before they affect your customers or your business. Pingdom will let you know the moment any of them fail in whatever way is best for you. You can customize how you're alerted, who is alerted, depending on outage severity or conditions. Pingdom really cares about your users having the smoothest site experience possible. If disaster strikes, you will be the first one to know. It is super easy to get started. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. When you sign up, use code RADAR at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Thank you to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and RelayFM. So, I get all these alerts from Pingdom <laughs> in the ways I wanted to be alerted, exactly depending on the severity of the, of the outage, which was severe. <laughs> get all these alerts at six in the morning saying, at least it's six in the morning. I will say that having done a lot of server stuff, like I will take the 6 a.m. alert rather than the I'm about to go to sleep alert. And you're just like, oh, great. I'm not sleeping anymore. That's fair. Yeah, I had. Oh, boy, I had a lot of those in the Tumblr days. Um, but in this case, it was the old databases that I was moving off of, but were still active, had run out of disk space. Because part of MySQL replication is the source, like main server, writes a log of everything it changes called the binary log or bin log. And, yeah. and then the, the replica servers read the bin logs and apply all those changes to them. That way, as long as you start them both with a consistent data state, you know, whatever changes on the primary will change on the replica. And, and the replica sometimes falls behind a little bit. So the primary has to keep the certain amount of logs around like back a certain number of hours or days or whatever. You can say, all right, retain, you know, 12 hours or seven days of logs. And that way a replica can fall behind by up to that far and still have the data there to catch up if it can. Um, well, in a server migration, I extend the amount of time I keep logs because it takes a while. It takes, you know, a couple hours to copy all the data from one server to a new one that you're setting up before it's in that replication state where it's just copying the changes. Like the initial data set takes a few hours to copy over. So I needed a few hours of retention. The old version of MySQL that the old servers were running didn't support specifying this value in hours. It specified it in days. And this database, not all my databases, but this one, which stores all the episodes and all the changes anybody makes in their RSS feeds that apply to all of their episodes, this one, it, it has a massive write load because it's just every RSS feed change that exists, right? So it's a huge number of writes. And the binary logs, I had temporarily turned down the thing that automatically prunes them faster than MySQL would, uh, that I, it's some shell script I wrote, because I needed more time than that to do the, the, the initial copy to the new servers. Yeah. And after the copy, I forgot to re-enable it. So hmm. it went back to its default of one day retention, which is the smallest value that that version of MySQL would allow me to set. One day binary logs in this table is too much, it turns out. So it's 6 a.m., disk filled up. And that's one thing you really don't ever want a Linux server or a Mac for that matter. When the disk is full, nothing good happens. Like that's, it, you have a really bad state on your hands. Lots of things break in really weird ways. Things that aren't written to handle that can corrupt themselves, like corrupt databases and stuff. Fortunately, MySQL usually doesn't corrupt itself, but like you're going to have to do some stuff and reboot probably like you're going to have to like yeah. clear some space that instance of the server is gone if you have replication set up you're going to have to probably like realign the replicas with the primary because they're going to they something will have happened like the the log will be corrupt or it'll like do like a half write and then stop and then you'll have to like realign it so they say all right go to this log this position and all this stuff 
and so much of this stuff, by the way, is better with the new versions of MySQL, but we're not there yet. So, <laughs> so old server was down hard because it filled up its disk. And I thought, okay, best way to fix this. I already have the new server ready to go. The only thing I, the only reason I hadn't switched over yet was because I was waiting until the weekend when my traffic is low. That way, if anything went wrong, it wouldn't be a huge deal. So I thought, all right, well, fine, I'll switch over now. Like it was peak time. It's not not a great time to switch over, but it's peak Gosh. time. But my servers are down, <laughs> so it's like, well, I can switch over to the new cluster way faster than I can fix the disk space issue and reboot and get everything realigned on the old cluster. So I'll just switch over now, and I did. And that's when the new server fell over completely because oh I don't know why. And here, this is this is the symptoms were lots of connections were were failing, and it seemed like every like fourth or fifth connection to the database would just time out. But the rest would be served quickly, and it wasn't under heavy load. Like like the the server resources were not being taxed heavily. It has tons of processors, tons of RAM, SSDs you know, the, the whole way through. And so it's a very fast server. I was hitting some kind of bottleneck somewhere that was causing connections to sometimes time out and drop, but other times be served uh, like really fast. And this is where the dark side of server administration comes in. Server administration, when you're an indie, is very lonely. It's, you kind of feel like, you know, you're stranded on an island, you're trying to fix your plane yourself <laughs> and and you're not an airline pilot <laughs> or mechanic. <laughs> so you're kind of stuck and the only resources i had at my disposal were like well i can i can file a support ticket with the host and you know linode has good support but i also know that that's going to take probably an hour or two to resolve and i want to fix now um also you can do things like search google for answers of like what happens if this connection drops and that's a mixed bag you know you get a lot of answers that are not for the problem you have you get a lot of answers that are 12 years old and don't even apply anymore you get a lot of answers that are just you know bot created scraped web pages that are content farms that don't actually say anything uh and you get a lot of answers from people from actual good people who are trying their best but are wrong yeah so it's it's kind of a mess and so you kind of have to figure stuff out on your own um i even asked twitter which you know if i ask twitter about a server problem you know it's really bad yeah because i don't like to do that Uh, it's I, i don't like like going there for that um for lots of reasons um so but you know i'm kind of desperate at that point if i ever have to ask like okay i'm at my wits end here like i can't figure this out and i did get a lot of good things to check but even then like i i still couldn't figure it out eventually linode got back to me they had a whole staff looking at it they had like all these admins looking at it for days afterwards trying to figure out what the heck had happened i could not figure it out and the only way i could get things to resume back to normal was after a few hours i think it was about three hours of the service being mostly down, I eventually found like, well, if I just change a memcache setting over here to be way more aggressive to cache reads to this table way more than they were before, then I dropped the query volume by a lot and then it can handle it just fine. So that's what I did. And I don't love this solution in part because like the old server handled this load just fine, but the new server is different. It has a newer version of Linux. It has a newer version of MySQL. It has, you know, different, like probably a newer version of all sorts of stuff that might matter. Things like, you know, the, the UFW uh, firewall. Uh, ver- I'm sure there's different, like, you know, connection limits somewhere. Um, I did verify with Linode that there's no, like, network bo- network throughput limits or um, DDoS protection that might get in the way. Uh, but I can't figure it out. And so my solution was work around it with aggressive caching and hope 
that I don't introduce bugs by doing that. <laughs> but this is this is so often like the thing with with running servers is like sometimes you get great you get great solutions to things and things just work just fine. And with all the other upgrades I did during the cycle, like I upgraded way ahead of my PHP version. Uh, I upgraded you know Nginx to a new version, PHP FPM. Uh, the other things about MySQL that have moved to MySQL eight. Like no, there's been no other changes besides this weird, you know, connection dropping thing that caused me problems. Uh, like no, no changes to like you know what's supported, what's deprecated, nothing like that. I, I wasn't using any of those, any of the problem areas of any of these things. So it was all fine, except this one big issue. And it's like, well, I can't really fix this. I don't. I've like exhausted any possible things I could check within my knowledge. Uh, Google is. I, I've I've exhausted all of Google. I've I've seen every page in Google, <laughs> all of them. Yeah all like you know billion pages or whatever yeah. it is <laughs> seen them all it's not there the answer's not there um and this just happens sometimes with servers but you know my solution is like i, I kind of fumble through you know i i figure it out with a combination of my knowledge whatever people tell me on twitter and whatever i can find in google and whatever Linode can find on their end and i just figure it out and it's not a satisfying answer um but it is pragmatic in the sense like well i change two lines of code to enable another level of caching and it seems to work just fine i don't think i introduced any more bugs um because i'm using a caching layer of, of my stack that i've that i use for lots of things i just it just wasn't enabled for this table so i think it's fixed asterisk but i don't know and i've lost a ton of sleep over it and i'm so tired and every time i do this the question comes up like why am i running servers why why yeah. why am i doing this why should i get out of this business and the answer is, if I was writing something brand new today, I probably wouldn't do as much server integration as I have. Um, but, you know, I wrote all this stuff like in 2013 is when I wrote all this backend stuff. Back then, things were different. You know, I CloudKit didn't exist yet. Um, a lot of these managed services didn't exist or were prohibitively expensive. Many of them still are for my kind of volume. Um, so I made the best decision I could at the time. Now, I think I would still run some servers because... Again, like there's so many advantages that you can do with your app to running servers. There's so many ways you can enable cool features or cut costs that you would otherwise have to pay to like third-party services or whatever. But I think I would significantly cut back the amount of data that I have to store because that seems to be where the problem mainly is. Like if I was running almost entirely application servers that were just, you know, take requests, compute some stuff and spit some stuff out, like that's easy. That that Those are super easy to scale. You don't have to deal with that many problems. It's when you have to store a whole bunch of data, that's when it gets hard and you have to deal with weird stuff like this. And so I think I would I would modify things that way. But otherwise, you just you got to have days like this occasionally. It's kind of part of the game and uh, it's, you know, you got to deal with it. But the result is you get a really cool app and really cool service that works most of the time without any intervention. So I don't know. It's a mixed bag, but I think I'm still coming out ahead. Well, and it, it's ultimately, I think, just a question of trade-offs, right? Like, it's it's the thing of, oh, well, if, if you had been using a, a, you know, a managed database server, this particular problem wouldn't have happened. But there are many other problems that you could have had. And there are also situations I've been in where it's like there's, there are problems that you can have in a managed service that the, there is no solution for, that you, you hit some limit or something bad happens, and you have no recourse in a way that is... You know, one of the like the, the blessing and the curse of being managing it yourself is that you have the ability to go in there and be changing stuff and fixing things and you know ad- adapting things to what you're doing. And so it's always a trade off. Like if you were using a managed database, most of the time it should probably be good, but 
things can happen that are problematic. And then you can be in the weird place where like Overcast is just down for a day because something bad happened at your host. And you're like, okay, well, I can't do anything about that. And, you know, it's, it's, and so I think there's certainly an element of just like, there is no right solution here. It is all a question of trade-offs and finding the trade-off that is a best for you and your expertise and your background. And, you know, it's like, I think what's also, I think is very encouraging with this kind of stuff is as there are so many different levels of the stack that you can engage in as you're developing something that like find the one that feels best for you. And I think for you, it's like, it makes a lot of sense that you have, you know, managed a lot of service yourself, but at the same time, it's like you're feeling like for right now for you and your needs and so on, you might be shifting one, you know, one layer up slightly on the stack. And maybe you're using a managed database rather than managing the database yourself, but you're interacting with it with application servers that you do manage yourself or like, I like that there's that flexibility, but it's just, it's just rough when these things happen. And now you're in this funny place of like, I mean, I've been there where it's like you get it working and it's like you don't want to touch anything because like in some ways what you should probably be doing is like you should set up another server and see if you, you know, essentially starting again with all the learnings that you've done to this point and do a migration, set up a replicant and then see if you can, if that would handle the things better. Like, cause sometimes I've had the weird situation where like, it's just something went funny when you were setting up the server. And so like setting it up again, which shouldn't matter magically makes it work but like i don't know if you want to go down that road when things are working like so it's a very painful thing and i feel for you from i've been there but at least it, it sounds like you are in a place that it's not on fire and that is a, a much better place um to, to be in and it's it's but it's painful when you're on the way there and i feel like the worst thing in server administration is this feeling where there are certain actions that you take that you can't like undo because as soon as you've moved like the primary database is like the worst one where like you mm-hmm. shifted from one da- database to the other. It's not like, oh, I can just go back to the old database. It's like, no, you can't because all the data that all the writes that have happened in the meantime are just gone if you, if you did that. And so like you're just, you're done. You're just making this like irrevocable movement and it's like you hope it works and you can plan and you can do all the things that you want to do um, to make it hopefully work. And like a little pro tip. Whenever you're doing this kind of stuff, I find paper checklists to be the, like the way to do it. Where you're, have, you're making some of these like irrevocable movements, I always like write down the list of these are the, the ten things I need to do in order, and mm-hmm. I like write it down and mark it off because there are you miss a step and you will explode everything. Um, but man, I feel for you, and I, I I hope you can sleep you can sleep again for a little bit and, and find a, a you know a more stable solution down the road and for all this. Yeah, I mean the good thing is like. Yeah, it is mostly done. Like, I'm, I'm certainly out of the woods, but I'm, it's not done. Like, I, there's still, like, various maintenance jobs that, that, that broke in the, in the process. I need to update a few things here and there. But, like, for the most part, it's mostly done. Uh, and so now I'm going to I'm gonna be in, in the point soon where, like, I just want to touch this for a long time. And that's fantastic. And that's most of the time is like that. Um, but yeah, sometimes you, you hit these bad days and you think, why, why am I doing this? Why is there, any, is there some way I can write my app to just put all this stuff in cloud kit now or something. Right. And again, like if I was starting fresh, I would revisit those kind of decisions. But uh, you know, there's, but as you said, like there's problems with any, anything you pick, like what if cloud kits down? What if it introduces a bug? AWS goes down all the time and takes down tons of websites. <laughs> like, well, you know, there's so many issues. Or, you know, if you if you hit some performance bottleneck on one of these things, a lot of times you just can't do anything about it. Like, you're just you're just stuck, and you just gotta like ride around it. Um, so, you know, there's there's lots of trade offs here. But uh, I f- I'm about to reach like the plateau of peacefulness, and I, <laughs> I 
<laughs> I, I'm hoping to stay there for a long time. I, I hope you stay there too. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye.